What is up, Janksters? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we have another edition of the Overthinking MTG podcast, the unscripted, unedited show where I take a look at an individual magic card, and we talk about it for about 10 minutes, and today I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go ahead and do a random card. That's right, we're going to take a look at a random card. Now, you'll notice that for those of you watching the video feed, you'll see that there's a card next to me that uh, we actually talked about last time, the Selfless Savior. Well, the site that I use is scryfall.com. If you're not familiar with scryfall, definitely get familiar with scryfall. It's fantastic. It is a search engine that has all of Magic the Gathering into it. Uh, they update incredibly like, incredibly quickly, and they have high-quality images available of all the cards, which is why I use it for all my YouTube shenanigans or when I'm live on stream. Well, they also have a random card button. So let's go ahead and hit it and see what we spin into. Boom. Let's go. All right, so... The card that we hit was Sphinx of the Steel Wind. So we get a chance to look at an Esper Sphinx, which I'm intrigued by. Sphinxes tend to be tend to get weird, so I'm intrigued so far. I'm not familiar with this one, by the way. It is a 6-6 artifact creature Sphinx for 5 white, blue, black. So 6-6 six, six for 8. Flying First Strike Vigilance Lifeling, Life Link, protection from red and from green. And it has the flavor text. No one has properly answered her favorite riddle. Why should I spare your life? Interesting. Um, so this card is very weird in a lot of ways. Now, there's nothing like it's very straightforward, actually, in what it does. It's a huge flying beat stick that's vigilant and lifelink with first strike. And it even has protection from red and green. So your opponents with fight spells or burn spells can't even touch it, which is pretty fantastic. Now, the fact that it has protection from red and green means that if you're in a five-color deck, be aware of that. Because if you have, like, an aura or something that is red or green that you want to attach to the Sphinx of the Steel Wind, it won't work. That includes equipment and whatnot. So be very careful of that. A red source cannot target Sphinx of Steel Wind, nor can a red permanent be attached to Sphinx of the Steel Wind. So... That's a thing. Be conscious of that. So protection is a big deal in that case. The, however, the flip side is um, red and green creatures can't block it. Red and green sources can't target it that your opponent controls. So if you're in a dedicated Esper deck, this thing is a house. Frankly, it's just huge. Like, it looks to me like a control finisher because if your opponent, I mean, if your opponent doesn't have a way to remove it, it's just going to beat them down. I mean, vigilance, lifelink, first strike, and flying. Those are some great keywords to have. Note, though, not a single one of those keywords uh, protects it, other than the protection from red and green, obviously. So if your opponent has, you know, an Infernal Grasp, or a Fateful Absence, or a Path of Exile, or, you know, or um, Settle the Wreckage, I mean, there's a million different ways to remove this thing. So it reads like a card that is very, very powerful, very, very potent, and is very scary. However, it's an 8-drop. It's an 8-drop 6-6 six, six that doesn't protect itself. So this is one of those cards that reads like it's really, really good, when in reality, it probably sucks. But at the same time, you can probably take over a game of Commander if left unchecked. So the, the reason that I point out Commander specifically is I have found a lot of people assume that a casual pod of Commander means you don't run a lot of interaction. Um, and personally, that's not how I view it. Um, but 
and as a result, I have some decks that people don't really enjoy. Uh, <laughs> because personally, I'm of the impression that if I'm playing a casual game, I should have some way to interact with what you're doing. Because, I mean, if I'm playing any kind of game, I should probably have some way to interact with what my opponent's doing. A lot of people kind of prefer playing solitaire, where they just their deck just kind of goes off and does the thing, and you, you just, nobody touch my stuff, I won't touch your stuff. We'll just race to see who can get the biggest board fastest and smash into each other. If you're playing that kind of like battle cruiser magic, then Sphinx of Steel Wind is really nice. However, like it actively punishes you for playing it in a deck that contains green. So all the ramp that you have access to in green is off the table and it's an eight drop. So it's one of those cards that like these colors don't generally lend themselves to a big beater like this. Now, there are a couple of exceptions. In the past, we've seen Dream Trawler, for example. It's a huge beat stick. It's even a Sphinx, appropriately enough, in uh, Azorius, specifically, that can just absolutely take over a game. It's a flying lifelinker that gains a power boost every time you draw a card, and it draws you a card when it attacks. The reason Dream Trawler is so powerful is because you can discard a card, tap it, and give it hexproof. So make it almost impossible for your opponent to remove it. Whereas Sphinx of Steelwind has no mechanism like that to protect it. So these are very different cards in that regard. It's also funny, the protection is very relevant. Like the first thing that I, uh, the, the first thing that this reminded me of when I first read it was Acroma Angel of Wrath, who is a huge creature with a just keyword soup on it. So it's very similar to this. Um, uh, Akroma does not have lifelink, but she does have flying, first strike, and vigilance. Um, I believe she has first strike. Anyway, like she's got a ton of great stuff going going for her, and she also has protection from black and red, which is relevant because black and red specifically have a ton of targeted removal in the you know packages uh, associated with them. You know, you have burn, you have, I mean. Black has 10 million ways to just destroy or even exile target creature these days. So having protection from black is huge in that regard. It means a ton. Meanwhile, in this, in this case, protection from green, I mean, yeah, if your opponent's running like mono green with like fight spells, like primal, uh, you know, what is it, primal might or blizzard brawl, okay, yes, they can't use those on Sphinx, which is good. Like, that's nice. We like that. But it, really the main benefit is you can attack through reach creatures. You know, they just can't block it, so it just goes straight through. So you, no matter how many spiders they have, it doesn't matter. It's like, you cannot chump this Sphinx with your green creatures. You, you just can't do it. So that's neat, but at the end of the day, like, I just don't, um, I'm not sold on, uh, on this card. Um, I can't, the only time I would imagine wanting to run this is if I can get advantage from it being a Sphinx specifically. So... A 6-6 six, six for 8, even with all these keywords, is good, but it's just so expensive that I need to be getting a little extra. Maybe that's me being greedy, but I want to get a little extra. And the real key with a card like this is, like, it might be okay as just a control finisher, but if you can have Shark Typhoon or Hallbreaker Horror, why would you run this? You know, um... Because you, you you can do better. You can just do better. Um, but if I'm in a Sphinx deck where all my creatures are Sphinxes and I have triggers when Sphinxes enter the battlefield or triggers when Sphinxes, you know, deal damage to my opponent, and there are a ton of Sphinx commander decks out there. Unesh comes to mind. Um, that's a great example. Cryo Sphinx Sovereign. That is a, that, that is a card. Um, 
I hope I spelled that right. Nope, sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> um, in any event, Unesh is a great example of a, of a card. It gives you a fact or fiction, there it is, every single time a Sphinx enters the battlefield. When a Sphinx enters the battlefield, under your control, reveal the top four cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile into your hand, the other into your graveyard. So that can effectively draw you cards every time a Sphinx hits the battlefield. Now, if Unesh is your commander, obviously you can't uh, have access to the Sphinx of the Steel Wind because of color identity restrictions. So you would have to be in a different, you know, an Esper Sphinx deck. That said, there are Esper Sphinx commanders out there. Um, their names are escaping me at the moment. I can even see the artwork for one for the life of me. I cannot tell you uh, what that card's name is, and I apologize. But Esper Sphinx is, is absolutely a thing. And Sphinx of Steel Wind, as like, I mean, in, a, as in the 99 of a commander deck, and I'll tell you right now, if you're in Sphinx Tribal, like Sphinxes have this weird spot where they're where they are expensive, primarily blue creatures. That's not something you see very often, and usually if a big creature is in blue, it's it's gonna be a little bit more expensive and may, generally not as good as creatures in other colors. You know, compare sphinxes to dragons or angels. What you're probably gonna find is the dragons or angels are usually a little bit bigger for how much they cost and have better stats, better abilities in combat. You know, like the Sphinx of Steelwind, six, six, four, eight. Flying First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink, Pro, Red, and Green. That's that's good. It's not bad. But at the same time, you know, I mentioned Chroma. Let's take a look at Chroma real quick. Chroma is a 6-6 six, six for 8. Flying First Strike, Vigilance, Trample, Haste. Protection from Black and Red. Better protection. She's got First Strike and Trample. The Vigilance is relevant. And to be honest, actually, the main benefit to Chroma over... The, uh, the Sphinx that we're looking at is uh, that she's monocolored, so she's easier to cast. That is like the big difference. Other than that, they're actually shockingly similar cards. They're both 6-6 six, six flyers, flying first strike vigilant creatures for eight. Okroma has trample and haste and pro black red, whereas Sphinx of Steelwind has lifelink on them pro red green. So red you know, red decks aren't touching either of them, which is pretty sweet. And to be honest, I think Lifelink actually puts Sphinx, like, soup to nuts, bottom dollar, if I had to pick one or the other of those two cards, I might actually go Sphinx of Steelwind, assuming I could cast both. Just because the Lifelink. Lifelink is a huge deal. It's a big old keyword that makes a massive difference. So this card is kind of cool in that regard. Um, yeah, like if I'm running a Sphinx deck, I'd be more than happy to have one of these in there. But at the same time, if I'm not running a Sphinx deck, if I'm running like a generic Esper list that's maybe more on the controlling side or more on the mid-range side, like in Commander, maybe, because sometimes you just need a big FU creature on the board in Commander to just take over the, take over the game. Like... There is something to be said for that, uh, for sure. And this could be that, but I don't know. I have a feeling it's not going to survive very long. Um, yeah, unless your opponent tries to, run, tries to hit it with like a Blasphemous Act. It would survive that because it's a damage-based red board wipe. Anyway, so yeah, Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Cool card, big, dumb critter. Um, yeah, I think Lifelink is a big deal. The, like Ever since that got keyworded, it makes a significant difference. Wizards aware of that they don't they don't just throw it around willy nilly. Like they cost things appropriately, but still, it is very powerful, very potent, and uh, 
yeah, this card's interesting. I like it. So, I don't know. If I ever build myself a Sphinx Commander deck, I'll probably look to get one of these in there. So, thank you so much for checking out the show. I appreciate you. This is the Overthinking MTG podcast that is available on YouTube, along with a bunch of other videos that I put on a semi-regular basis. Uh, I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hammocks42. Um, and you can also find this show, the Overthinking MT- MTG podcast, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. And by sold, I mean are available for free. So, in any event, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and I'll catch you on the next one.